Hello and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Flurski. How's everybody doing? Um, I bought a new microphone. Uh, this has been an ongoing saga since my old microphone arm broke and really the sound quality was not very good. Uh, but I left the new microphone at work, so I am holding my old microphone by hand, maybe hopefully one last time. Uh, and next week it'll sound better. And that's my hope. Maybe I got hosed by some sort of microphone scam. There's no way to tell until we start recording. I guess technically until we stop recording and I can listen back to it. But uh, just bear with me. I'm I'm muddling through as best I can. Uh, you know, I've done TV talk for a couple of weeks in a row. And I did some things I wanted to, to touch on, but I'm going to save them for next week. Uh, and those... Uh, that includes a... Uh, a, a BattleBots update where it is possible that I have to issue an apology to Tombstone uh, because the, the, a recent episode has uh, led me to believe that probably he was getting a, a villain edit and a thing I assumed was not actually the case. Uh, reality TV is a den of vipers. I don't know. Uh, uh I don't know what more I can say. Well, I mean, I guess I could tell you what I'm talking about, but next week is TV talk. Today, I was trying to think of something to, you know, actually have a topic. I want to say topic, that sounds weighty. Just sort of a general uh, hanging post for things. And for weeks, I mentioned that I was, wanted to talk about uh, when I went to Ireland years ago. But I looked over my, my trip journal and uh, it's it's complicated because it was part of a tour group so there's a lot of traveling in there and I have sort of these disconnected memories that are difficult to peg to certain things and that's something where I'll actually need to prepare material but uh, as a, on the subject of travel I thought maybe I'd talk about when I went to uh, the wonderful land of Belgium in, uh, I am trying to, it was either 2010 or 2011. Uh, and I'm trying to, I'm, I'm Googling it right now to confirm, uh, not that I can Google when did EJ go to Belgium because that is not especially useful, but and this is how my brain works. Uh, a thing I remember is that uh, when I came back, <laughs> when I came back, they had, uh, uh, I remember uh, shortly after coming back, picking up the first issue of Batman Incorporated, which I see now was released in November of 2010. So that is when I went to Belgium. Uh, that's how I remember when things happened in my life through the use of Batman comics. Um, so you're, you may ask yourself, why, why, why Belgium? 
why Belgium? And that's a that's a good a good pertinent question. You should consider a career in journalism. Uh, that's that's one of the six basic questions. Uh, specifically, why Belgium is one of the six basic questions: who, what, where, when, how, and why Belgium. Uh, I went there to visit my friend Lana, who uh, lived in Belgium for several years for work. Uh, and you may say to her, why Belgium? And that's probably a much more complicated answer. Uh, but I, I do want to say, because she doesn't really come up that often on the podcast because she lives very far away. And uh, uh, oh, so she's not going to listen to this. You know, some of my other friends are happy when I mention them. It's exciting. She she's never gonna listen to this thing. Um, she might never have listened to a podcast. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm gonna I'm gonna start <laughs> I'm gonna start asking around. Um, <laughs> I guess I could just ask her, but uh, uh, we've we've been friends since. Since 2000, uh, and and if you're listening to this hundreds of years in the future, and possibly this is the one thing that has survived the the uh, uh, catastrophic climate change of the late 2020s, uh, it is 2022. That's 22 years. I, I've known her so long that our friendship can buy a drink and would need to. Um. And unlike a lot of my friends, you know what? I, a lot of my friends at the time, she's not really a nerd. Like, I don't really have a lot of nerd friends anymore. But at the time, it was pretty much exclusively. Uh, she's... She's really cool and smart and professional. Uh, all all things that I am not. Uh, but she has her her job is is complicated. It's been a series of jobs that are in the medical field, and they involve inventions and uh, robots in some cases. Uh, I believe she is friends with BB-8. Uh, and she took a position in Belgium. And look, pretty much all my friends I've mentioned are uh, are are impressive people in one way or another. Like anybody you've heard me mention on this show is is uh, like talented in a way that I cannot even aspire to. Uh, uh, Sam, who I just talked to, and uh, he's we're he's going to record a podcast with me at some point. So you get to hear Sam; he's real funny. The point is, he's funnier than I am. It's aggravating. Um, and uh, uh, like you know, they they have my friends all have professional jobs, or they're super talented, or or you know they can make stuff. Um. Or all of the above. I mean, you, you've heard show sponsor and dear friend Summer on this show. 
She's a she's an amazing artist and is also funnier than me. I hope she never meets Sam. They could free they could start their own uh start their own comedy enterprise and I'd be hit the bricks farthead is what they'd probably say. Uh but yeah, so I guess what I'm establishing is everybody I like is better than me. But uh, in, in Lana's, she did something I really admire and like I'm impressed by, which is moving to another country where she does not speak the language and just learning it and getting it done, you know? That is something I cannot even conceive of doing. Uh, you know, it's a real, it's, it's, I don't know. One of those things I sort of, sort of sit back and let out a low, respectful damn. But so she had lived there for she was lived there for several years. I cannot remember the chronology now as to how many years it was. It was quite a few. And uh, so in 2010, I went to went to visit her. And. Uh, obviously, I did not see my friend much when she was living overseas, which was a long time because then there were there were other countries after that. Uh, she was she you know d desperately tried to get away from America. Uh, didn't didn't come back till the Trump years. Weird, huh? No, that's that's unrelated. <laughs> Now I'm imagining her listening to this and being and being irritated. Um, so yeah, she lived in in Brussels, the the capital of Belgium, and aside from Antwerp, the only city in Belgium you have ever heard of. Uh, and I think Antwerp had something to do with Napoleon, which is why people would have heard of it, perhaps. Uh, I clearly didn't learn anything. So uh. Now, one thing, uh, it was the second time I'd flown overseas. And the first time I did it alone and the first time I disembarked in an airport where I could not read any signs. Uh, they speak two languages in Belgium, French and Flemish. And I cannot speak either of those. I took a lot of Spanish in high school and a little in college. And most of it has... has uh, departed my brain but it's close enough to Spanish that I can pick up certain words like I can tell when something is maybe a warning sign or when I'm supposed to go left instead of right but certainly not enough that I could uh, survive in the airport for any length of time and uh, let me tell you Flemish is weird like I'm 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 Dutch and my grandparents uh, actually spoke some Dutch. And every once in a while, it would, it would you know, call a, wa a washcloth a skuddleduck or something. Which I've asked other people about, and nobody seems to think that's actually the Dutch word for washcloth. So my grandparents might have been gaslighting me. Uh, or <laughs> skuddleduck is extremely regional isolated to their house uh so Flemish is is close to Dutch I guess but I have I don't think I've ever seen anything 
written in Dutch, and it seems to be all vowels and J's. Uh, it is, it is absolute nonsense when you look at it. So, I spent the entire the entire time just, uh, just out of, out of my depth, just lost. Like if I had ever lost sight of Lana, I would have had to just stop where I was and become a a like a vagrant on the streets of Brussels. I would not be able to communicate my needs to anybody. Hopefully at some point I'd get so so dirty and sad looking that they'd, they'd flip euros at me uh, out of pity. And that, that would be how I'd survive. And uh, the weird thing about uh, when you visit somebody who lives in a cool place is it's where they live, so it's not that cool to them as it is to you. Which I've experienced since then when I you know, when I visit my friend in Las Vegas, which seems you know very cool for people who don't live there. But if you do, it's like oh, the last thing you want to do is go to the strip. Uh, so a lot of it is her living her regular life in a foreign country that's blowing my mind. Uh, I really like Europe because it's it's old, and they really like statues. Uh, in America, we mostly just put up statues of racists and that one statue of the Fonz in Milwaukee. I think it's Milwaukee. That's where the show was set, so that would that would track. But there, there's a statue of the Fonz somewhere. Um, so there's, like, this building, and I cannot remember what the significance of it was. It might be the parliament or something, but... There are literally like a, a hundred little statues around it depicting all of the different jobs people could have had back when those statues were hewn. Um, and see, here's the weird thing about Belgium, and I guess it's other places in Europe have this too, but uh, when it comes to businesses, they're pretty chill. They don't worry so much about... Uh, being open all day or every day or even every weekday. Uh, apparently they have more uh, more museums per capita in Brussels than anywhere else in the world. And it's possible I made that up, but they have like a thousand museums. And a lot of them are just tiny, tiny little uh, weird, really specific ones. Um but they will also be open like two days a week from one to three. And we kept missing out on things like that because it was like, oh, hey, look, the Museum of, of, of uh, Toy Robots. And it's like, oh, no, we missed the four-hour window that it's open this week. And, and restaurants, like, they're open for lunch and then they close until it's dinner time. So if you're doing something that takes you a little bit off schedule... Boy, they, unless you want to go to the McDonald's where uh, you give your orders to a robot. I mean, I guess it's a, it's a screen with a keyboard, which I saw in Chicago recently too, but that was 12 years later. We're only catching up now on Belgium's robot technology. Uh, so, you know, living in America, that's, you're used, to, I mean, there we have things that are open 24 hours and, and, most things are open, you know, 
reasonable business hours all day. It's very rare you go to a restaurant and it's closed. Uh, Pre-pandemic, a lot of times now there's just nobody to work and uh, (laughs) there's just a sign on the drive-thru that says, sorry, nobody's here. Uh, so that that's a that was kind of a, a a neat little thing. Also, we went to like the the Belgian equivalent of Target because again she had to buy groceries. This is this is all blowing my mind, and it's just like no, this is a regular day. And uh, one of the things that really made me laugh is in the groceries they had an an American food section, just like in in a lot of grocery stores. At least in my area, there is an ethnic food section, and it is usually ill-stocked, and it's like, I mean, a lot of times now it's like really specific spices, like cumin or or something associated with a certain uh, cuisine, but also sometimes it's just like, oh, salsa and noodles, because <laughs> ethnic is so broad, and it's always a little embarrassing, but then I... Uh, get to the the American foods aisle of of Belgian Target, and I am I am excited to see what represents America. And what they had on the shelves were baking soda, peanut butter cups, and mustard. <laughs> the quintessential American meal. that up because I don't think there's a funnier combination of three (laughs) two foods and a refrigerator product (laughs) baking soda peanut butter cups and mustard (laughs) Uh, uh, Belgian TV I didn't the only I didn't really see much I don't think they produce much TV in Belgium it's mostly shows from other nations and mostly America at that. Um, I did get to see a few episodes of Strictly Come Dancing, which is the English show that uh, Dancing with the Stars is based on. Uh, I don't know why that it has such a weird, awkward name that also does not indicate that stars are involved, but also when you watch the English version, they might as well not have stars involved because you have not heard of any of these people. Uh, but also, and it, it's, we see them in America more now, but then it really was a thing where where really famous people would shoot commercials for foreign markets. And like the George Clooney, Danny DeVito, Nescafe commercials have been sort of on TV here for a while, but they were omnipresent and they were so weird then like there was definitely one where Danny DeVito died and went to heaven and George Clooney was there and uh, it was it was such a weird assortment of of TV shows and the thing I remember is that they must have just gotten ice road truckers over in Belgium because there were promos for it constantly and when you would see an ad for another show, they wouldn't tell you what time it was on. They would tell you when it was on in relation to Ice Road Truckers. If if it was before Ice Road Truckers or after Ice Road Truckers, no, no time. It, it was the Ice Road Truckers clock, which just has two 
two uh, things on it. Uh, the hands are either pointing to ice road truckers or not ice road truckers. Uh, so I definitely saw some ice road truckers. And also Saving Private Ryan was just on regular TV at the dinner hour. Like the actual movie. That was that was jarring. And like after that it was grounded for life or something. It was weird. The TV in foreign countries fascinates me. Uh because the stuff they get from America and how it all get how it gets lumped together and separated. There's it's really interesting to me, and if I were smarter, I would dig more into that, and maybe I'd have a theme for this podcast, but I am not that smart, so <laughs> you're, you're stuck with my idle thoughts on the topic of, huh, that's weird. Uh, one of the more notable tourist things, uh, we did a few. Uh, one of them was uh, uh, Tiny Britain. I think is what it's called. It might have been Little Britain. No, Little Britain, I think, was a sketch show. I think this is uh, Mini Britain. It was something about a very small Britain or possibly a very small Europe. And what it is, it's it's all the the great cities of Europe. Very tiny, like uh, like these these sort of cityscapes, but they're very small, like you tower over the tallest building. Uh, and there are, like, they, they compose street scenes with people in them, and the people are a little bigger than Lego figures. It's very small. And some of them are, some of the scenes, it, it, it's cool to see. Uh, at one point, a duck, uh, a real-life duck, landed on a, a tiny version of an oil tanker. And I got a picture of it thinking it would look like it was a real oil tanker with a tiny duck, but it, or a, an immense duck, and it didn't quite work. Uh, and then, like, they, they have some fun because the streets, you look at the street scenes, and it's like, there's Darth Vader in Paris. <laughs> like, Darth Vader and the Beatles are part of this crowd scene. It's cute. It was very fun. It's just this neat thing, and it also made me think of... Uh, and uh, just uh, their mascot is a is an orange turtle, and there's a person in a big orange turtle costume that will take pictures with you, and um, I will put it on my my Instagram when I when I put out this episode. It's a picture of me and Lana with the giant orange turtle, and the weird thing about this picture when you look at it. It looks like I have been photoshopped into the picture, but I am definitely there. But it looks like, I mean, I remember being there. I saw that turtle. But when you look at the picture, it looks like I saw a picture of a lady and a big turtle. And I, I edited myself into it uh, to create fake memories because I'm in the witness protection program. I've already said too much. Uh, another thing which was turned out to be hugely meaningful to me. We went to the, uh, I think they call it now the, the Atomium. And what it is, it's a, it's an old World's Fair site from like 1953. And, 
if you don't like old dorky stuff as much as I do, the World's Fair used to be sort of this exhibit of the future, and it would be in different cities, different years. And, you know, they'd build like these big domes that would show the house of the future or, or you know, any any number of things. And some of them got torn down. There's that classic Simpsons episode where they want to go see the World's Fair, but it was over, <laughs> you know, it was from the 50s. And now the now it's a wig sphere. Are you going to buy a wig or ain't you? And the one in Belgium is super cool because it is like they've kept it up and it's this like things in these in these spheres and you travel the steepest escalator I have ever been on to go from sphere to sphere just from the outside it's all these sort of weird weird towers connected by these very precarious looking uh passages and it's all like the 1950s idea of the future like you you see whether well, this is how we'll this is how we'll live in the year 2000 and it's egg chairs and you know instead of beds there's netting on the wall and it's you know just that that sort of retro futurism feel that uh uh, I had, when I went there, I had already had the idea for my, my upcoming scripted sci-fi comedy podcast, A Town Called Science, but that really crystallized it. Uh, it was that, that the past idea of what the future would look like that really sort of clicked with me and made me figure out what this, what the story was going to be. Uh, so that was... <laughs> sort of maybe a little dramatic to say life-changing because I haven't put them out yet but you know there's a lot of things that have happened to me as a result of having written that script that are cool and I'll do a special episode when that comes out which will be a while because I am not sleeping which means I sit down and try to write and I cannot string two words together because my brain is just absolutely zapped like, I can't write a joke right now to save my life. I need to sleep. I don't mean to be a downer when I'm talking about Belgium. But that was amazing. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, when we, went to, when we went to Little Britain, it started raining so hard. And, and Lana had an umbrella, but I didn't. And here's the thing, is it almost, it's always just raining in Belgium. When it's, when it's not raining, it's a nice little break. But it's usually a drizzle. And sometimes it's so localized, like you can actually see the edge of the, like take one step, you're getting rained on, and take another step, and you're not. But I was wearing a big, a puffy coat with a big hood, and my hood filled with water. It was raining so hard, and I didn't realize it until I pulled my hood over my head because I was tired of getting so wet, and I ended up just absolutely, uh, just. <laughs> just drenching myself inside my coat. It was horrible. Uh, the other uh, big tourist thing, this is, it seems like some people are super aware of this, but I don't think it's, it's that well known outside of Belgium, but sometimes you mention it to people and they go, oh yeah, that thing. They have what is called mannequin piss. 
Uh, it's just spelled in a Frenchy way, but it means kind of what it sounds like. They have a, stat a fountain that is a statue of a little boy, and the fountain shoots out of his wiener, and it is a little peeing boy that is a big attraction in Belgium, and people come to see the mannequin piss and take a picture of the peeing boy. And, uh, boy, I don't know if I have immediate access to any of those pictures. If I do, I will post those, but it might take a little longer because I think they're on my computer, and I don't remember where I would have filed them. Um, and the thing is, like, Mannequin Piss is, like, 22 inches tall. It is, like, an actual size baby boy. So it's... There's a crowd gathered around it, and it's the least impressive thing for a crowd to gather around. And then they have a museum of outfits, because sometimes they will put an outfit on the mannequin piss. And uh, sometimes it'll be seasonal or themed around a special event, but sometimes it's just, oh, he's going to have his overalls on today. And they have this this museum of hundreds of peeing boy outfits that they put on him. And because they are made to accommodate a peeing boy statue, all of them just have a penis hole in them. It's like this really there's there's a little tiny spacesuit for this for this fountain. But it's got a hole in the crotch so he can pee out of it. And, like, if you're picturing it, you're probably picturing it thinking that's a little funny. Picture a hundred of those lined up in a museum. And every single one of them has the exact same pee hole. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. And admittedly, I'm a small child. They <laughs> might find that funnier than than grown-ups, but oh, it's so good. I also remember I saw a dog in Belgium who was watch walking himself. He was with his owners, and he was on a leash, but he had the end of the leash in his mouth, and he was being very well behaved. Um. <laughs> Also, this is not really Belgium specific, but at the time I was some uh, some new graphic novel publisher had reached out to me because this was back in the days when I had a successful website as opposed to a website that I don't know how to advertise. And uh, I was interviewing writers of all the new graphic novels. And uh, that's another way that uh, a town called Science helped come about because uh one of the publishers there has been sort of instrumental in me learning how to write scripts and meeting with people. But that's a story for another day. But I was, so I was doing all these interviews online and it was just, uh, you know, writing questions and sending them back and then doing follow-ups rather than doing like a phone or a Skype interview or anything. And I remember I was doing that the whole week I was there too, because they wanted these interviews to come out in, you know, in a uh, conjunction with the release of the books. And 
there's like a six hour time difference. So, you know, everything's getting sent at the least opportune time. And there's not really like a payoff to that. I just remembered that was, I was on vacation and that was a thing I was doing. <laughs> it's like, I got to read all these and then write questions that aren't dumb. Um, I got kind of good at interviewing eventually. I was really bad at it for a while. Um, I should interview somebody again one day. Who do you think will talk to me? Let's find somebody. Um, and I guess the other, a lot of, a lot of my Belgian memories are a little bit blurry because it's it's been eleven and a half years, and also, like a lot of it was was Lana living her life in the place where she lives, and so it wasn't a you know a constant stream of sightseeing. Oh, the International Cartoon Museum is there, and it's amazing. And it's super focused on on European cartoonists, which I'm not as familiar with. But, uh, you know, I know Tintin. Tintin rocks. You know, and there's the, the there's a, I have a picture of me saluting the statue of Porco, Porco, Porco Rosso. Uh, and the Smurfs are from Belgium. And there's, that's kind of a, an interesting story. And then they had just like pages of comic art from like Spider-Man. Uh, you know, uh, that, that was, that was, a, that, that's something I care a lot about. So that was really cool. Uh, that was, you know, a really cool thing to do. And, uh, probably 1 million times more fun for me than it was for Lana. Uh, because she is, is, uh, you know, I think she enjoyed my enthusiasm, but she could care less about seeing original John Romita art. Uh, I remember me trying to explain the sad story of Igor, Igor Corday's uh, sort of fall from grace in the American comics scene, and it's something that makes me sad when I think about it. And she's just like, all right, weirdo. <laughs> this... You're a little too emotionally involved with this man whose X-Men fill-in issues were unpopular with readers. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of the stuff we did was just like hanging out because we've been friends for a billion years and watching <laughs> watching American TV on iTunes so she could stay caught up. Ah, so obviously there's not nearly as much to, to talk about there. They, I've seen this in... in similar things in hotels since then but her apartment had there was a bathroom that had a toilet and a shower in it and then another bathroom right next to it that had a sink and I might have those things conf like it might have been a toilet and a, sh and a sink and then the shower separately but I think it was weirder than that I think it was toilet and shower in one and the sink in the other and like if you stay at a cheaper cheaper hotel now uh i've gotten to know the comfort inns very well between staying there in uh when i went to vegas and also staying in the local version when i couldn't get home because of a snowstorm uh they don't have the sink in the bathroom they have it out in the room proper so you know you you shower and you do your you do your business and then you walk out into the room to wash your hands. Uh, but that was, it was two separate rooms that were right next to each other. Uh, it was weird. I don't know why that is. 
Uh, and then I remember on the way home, they ran, you have to fill out a customs form. And on the plane, they ran out of ones that were in English. So they had to give it to me, give me a Flemish form <laughs> that I could not begin to fill out. So I had to ask somebody to borrow their English version. Super excited to talk to strangers, by the way. Always great on a plane. Just so I could tell what the questions were so I could put correct answers next to them. Uh, and then I feel like when I got, my, got back to my car, which was parked in a lot, it had a flat tire. But that might have been a different trip. That might have been a trip to Arizona where I came back and had a flat tire. That's not important to the story. I just wanted to talk about the times I went to Belgium and uh, how my friend Lana is nice. Uh, so that's my that's my Belgium report. Um, Health-wise, as I mentioned, still not sleeping, still doing a good job of losing weight. I hit a milestone that was important to me that I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to talk numbers here. Nobody wants that. I'm trying very hard. Uh, I posted a picture of myself on Instagram, even though there is really no visible difference, even though uh, I'm coming up on, I'm, I'm past 20 pounds now. Uh, you still cannot see any difference. I assume I have only lost weight on my internal organs. Uh, the response was as disinterested as you would expect, but what's very funny is I lost a follower immediately after I posted it. <laughs> and... Is, I have hardly any Instagram followers because I don't really do anything with it, and I only, uh, I only ever like one person's post, so it's not a big, uh, a big social outlet for me. So I have very few followers, and they've uh, that number's been unchanged forever. But as soon as I post a picture, like somebody who was following me is like, "Oh, I didn't know he looked like that," uh, which wasn't great for my ego, but. Uh, I'll post another picture and try to lose some more. Uh, that's really it. Uh, remember our sponsor, teasebysummer.com. Uh, just, just really beautiful t-shirts and mugs. Um, I, and this is not on teasebysummer.com, but her old store and teespring is still up. And I'm not even going to link to it because she barely gets any money from those sales. But I wanted a hoodie because my to sleep in because my my Batman hoodie is getting very worn out. And uh, uh, and it's also very sad because I uh, I didn't wear really wear Batman T-shirts all summer because uh, when I was wearing a when I was going to wear a T-shirt, it was going to be teased by summer. Uh, and she does not have Batman designs because. Uh, uh, Warner Brothers would, would not take kindly to that. Uh, she may also not be interested in drawing Batman, but definitely the lawyer thing is an issue. But uh, that used to be like all I would wear on weekends is Batman t-shirts. And uh, now it's now it's teased by summer, but I got a, I got, I got a, that's a chunky hoodie that I can sleep in. And uh, I don't know why I'm promoting a product I'm specifically asking you not to buy. I'd rather you go to the Etsy site at teasebysummer.com, buy that on a t-shirt. Uh, uh, that's a chunky is that design. It makes for my favorite shirt that I own. 
uh, and also a mug that I absolutely adore. Uh, also, she's real nice, so buy stuff from her. Uh, don't don't let jerks get your money. Don't give your money to Spotify. Give it to teasebysummer.com. Better than Spotify. Uh, if that's not her slogan, maybe it should be. Uh, that is it. I ran real long this week. Holy smokes. Uh, we'll do some TV talk next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can email me at fedtalks at yahoo.com. Uh, Twitter at EJ Fettis, Instagram at EJ underscore Fettis. Uh, I will put the picture of the big orange turtle there. Um, and, you know, man, stay cool. We'll get through this. Uh, thanks for listening. I apologize for running so long. Uh, I feel like a fool, but hopefully you learned fascinating facts about a statue of a boy who pees. I'll see you next week. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wee, 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 wee.